Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube, and you can also listen to them here on the podcast. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon live, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. You get the weekly after show, a lot of fun there. You can watch it or listen to it as a podcast as well. Hope to see you over there, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you like the show, consider leaving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it helps us out a lot. And for all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, did you see that brilliant marketer on Fremont Street standing in a circle, made the perfect sign? And uh, how could you turn down this prospect without getting in lots of trouble? Yeah, that's what the video, and I don't know if it was a setup, but the video on Twitter shows like the the one girlfriend or wife is like, hey, are you going to tip him or what? Or you don't think I'm hot enough? <laughs> but I wonder how much, how much you have to pay for those circles. Do you even know? Like, that's kind of a risky uh, proposition there. I think that you don't pay for them. People can correct me. They've had different systems over the years, and I haven't really looked into it lately. You do have to reserve them. So, you know, you don't have to have any special things. Just make a sign, have some clever wit, and make some money. So uh, well-deserved here, I think. Could have been wearing a coconut bra, too. Isn't that customary when you're in the circle? (laughs) Well, things can always get better, (laughs) right? Vegas shared some pictures from James in Vegas of the Versailles Tower and specifically that bridge that's going to connect the Paris Versailles Tower to Paris proper. We talked about how some of the rooms, just a few floors are online right now, but you still have to check in at Horseshoe. And as you can see, they haven't really even started construction on this bridge. So I expect that you're not going to be able to have Versailles Tower connected until the whole thing is finished and they sort of do a grand opening. But uh, that's the situation. So if you want to stay there, you know, it's still sort of confusing, but that's where we're at. Yeah. But how many people do you think still go to Paris to check? in and wait in line. like on a Thursday, Friday night, you might get stuck in line for 20, 30, 45, 60 minutes. And you get to the front and they're like, oh, wait, no, you need to go over to Horseshoe, aka Bally's and, uh, and check in. I mean, how upset would you be? It just, I'm hoping that they make that well known in the email and everything. But you know, we know we write for a living. We know people don't read so well. So I'm sure it happens every day. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But I mean, we've talked about it before. It's completely understandable. You know, it's going to take time for this. I'm surprised that they did it. I also understand like the economics of closing down the entire tower and then not opening it up all at once, right? They want to get those rooms back online. So it does make sense from a business perspective that they're going to turn those rooms as quickly as possible so they can fill them even if all the infrastructure isn't there. So it is sort of a backup, but you can just book into the regular Paris rooms if you want and uh, avoid all of this hassle. So that's the update on the ground from there. Do you think they should have like done the bridge for like made that priority one and, and make it all smoother experience, like start the bridge and then work on the rooms at the same time? Like it seems like that's kind of the log jam that they have as far as the customer experience. And I think that would have been the focus or I know it's not a money making type of addition. So usually that gets pushed to the bottom, but I I think that that would have made sense to just start with that. Especially since it seems like the rooms are more expensive than like a base room. So you're paying up for these rooms. But, you know, this is sort of an unprecedented thing. I don't remember any time we've ever seen 
like a hotel, move a tower from one hotel to the other. I don't, this may be a first in the history of giant hotels. So I guess maybe we can cut them a little slack on that. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know when this, I mean, how how often anywhere else outside of Vegas do people own hotels, the same company own hotels right next to each other. But it is kind of weird too, because they don't really own the land. It's kind of crazy. And I wonder if that entangles things, if they ever try to sell one of the hotels, if that becomes an issue. I wonder if we'll ever hear behind the scenes stuff on that. Probably not. There was speculation that the reason for this is so they could sell perhaps Horseshoe or Paris, but one of the properties. But I think specifically Horseshoe, that smaller property, and then keep Paris and make it bigger and grander. That's a potential. That's just a rumor. So, you know, obviously not confirmed or anything that Caesars has ever said. But that would make sense, right? Kind of move this tower over, make Paris more valuable, keep that, and then offload Horseshoe. I don't buy that, though, because Horseshoe is such a valuable location right on the corner. And I think you'd want to keep that. And they've also spent a lot of money on the rebranding and all of that, Horseshoe being their sort of brand that they use all over the country. So I think they're going to keep both of them. Paris gets higher room rates than Horseshoe. Boom. Interesting. Something you wouldn't see anywhere else for sure. What's also interesting is the Circa class action lawsuit. Uh, What they're suing for is sales tax on comps, essentially. Uh, One of the uh, plaintiffs says that he had a $23 fried rice or something at Circa, got charged like almost $2 in taxes. And they're claiming that they're adding fees and unadvertised taxes onto comps saying, you know, you get a $23 comp and now you're having to pay something out of pocket. Circa just says they're legally required to collect sales tax on these and that's all they're doing. Now, if that's the case, I imagine this will get thrown out pretty quickly. We're not lawyers. We don't know what the actual law of this is. I mean, what do you think? Is it a big deal? I mean, it's not a lot of money, right? But is it the principle that counts? Is this frivolous? I don't know. I have noticed taxes on comps and it has been something that's been interesting to me because if it's a discount, then you shouldn't pay the tax on it. But if the comp is a form of payment, then you would owe the sales tax. And uh, again, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it frivolous because it's only what, $3.6 million. That's, <laughs> I was kind of surprised that that's all it was for. I'm like, Oh, is this news? Like, what's $3.6 million to Circa? You know, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But, it, but I've never paid taxes on any other comps I've had at other places. So I don't know if Circa's trying to get out of it. Maybe the, the other casinos are just covering that on their end and Circa's being cheap, which we've known, you know, Derek Stevens to be cheap on some stuff, especially with employee type of things. So I don't know if that's just this, which is a terrible customer experience. Like if it's, you know, six, 10, whatever percent it be, just eat it. You're giving these comps because the people came and spent money. They gambled, probably lost, and they've stayed at your hotel and and all that type of stuff. Like, why are you messing with this couple dollars here, a couple dollars there? But I just think that they're trying to redefine what everybody else does, that that's what doesn't make sense to me. And I wonder, you know, why would they be doing that if it was the law? Why wouldn't everybody be doing that? Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, Vital Vegas also says that this could be laying the groundwork for lawsuits against bigger loyalty programs for other things. Uh, but as you say, they don't all charge tax in the same way. So it's very, you know, interesting in all of this. But it seems like they are collecting tax and paying it to the state. So it's not like they're pocketing this money and they're like putting a comp fee or some other charge to kind of get you from behind. So I, we'll we'll see how far this goes, but Circa is a small player, right, in the loyalty sphere. So if you can get a successful lawsuit going against them, perhaps you can expand it to like, oh, they're charging resort fees on room comps. Maybe you sue them for that. I don't know, but 
based on everything we know, we're, we do study loyalty programs. That's what we do for our day jobs. Terms and conditions are pretty robust in these programs, and it's very, very hard to get them in trouble because they have so many outs and legal loopholes that this isn't going to go very far. That's just my guess. But again, we will see the legalities of all of it as it plays out in court. Love to see that because I think that's another cheap one. Like, hey, here's a free room, but we're still going to charge you. $50. I mean, it just feels cheap. As a reminder, our Patreon is now going. We do a weekly after show. You can listen to it. You can watch it. Patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. A great group of people in that community. Thanks to everybody who supports us over there. So F1 is still tearing down. I think a lot of the lights are still up. Uh, we saw a video of Jacob's Life in Vegas and others showing video of them removing the films from the bridges of the glass. And you can see all of the residue that's left behind. And it's taking them days to get this film off. Not to mention that the race was, what, weeks ago. So it's uh, still a slow process of returning everything to normal. A lot of the big stuff is back to normal, but still remnants of F1 all over Las Vegas. But Venetian, they were like the last ones to put everything up, and they were the first ones to get everything back to normal. Good for them because less impact on their customers overall compared to some of the other properties. Yeah, and from what I've heard, they had like one of the best-looking displays that they put up uh, for F1. So that's kind of awesome that they were able to do it. And, you know, when they drained the water, they did some maintenance to that that was probably needed, and then maybe did some cleaning. And I'm sure they look a, a lot better than they did before it started. So this kind of all worked out well for the Venetian. As far as the covers on the bridges, I wonder if they'll try something else because this just doesn't seem to be a great solution. One, people were tearing them down. They had to redo them multiple times. And two, the cleanup just seems kind of horrible. So I wonder if they'll come up with some type of other system that they can do that's just a quicker on and off. I don't know, like maybe like heavy duty magnets on both sides that like stick it and you need to, some way to get to the outside to be able to take it off quick snap and go versus this peeling and goo gone and all, all that toxic stuff you need to get the the tape off but yeah what's left like mirage is the one that's kind of lagging as far as taking their stuff down from what i've seen yeah and i think some of the lights are still up a lot of the lights going along the thing that supports for that so you know i don't think it's a big deal if you're going now i think your trip will be mostly impacted both of us will be on the strip next week kind of checking it out but i expect that most stuff will be good it'll be a little bit here a little bit there but as far as the overall experience, things should be pretty much back to normal for you. You should be able to enjoy your trip and not have to worry about big closures or anything sort of crazy like that. And it's good to see that the bridges are getting back to normal because that is a iconic view, right? Walking across the Las Vegas Strip, I love to take video, you know, out of the middle of the street. I love to take pictures. I know everybody loves doing that. And that's a part of the Vegas experience, being able to look down the strip and, and do it. So I'm glad to see that getting back to normal. And there's a lot of talk about the haves and the have-nots. We talked a little bit about that on the other show, about how Absinthe lost money and a lot of uh, negative post game talk about F1 and how they can make it better and fill the rooms because it was so slow. I'll talk about later in the show my Cosmo experience the few days before F1 and just how dead it was on the strip. But clearly uh, the businesses that lost out in this are speaking up finally to say, how can we make this race work for everyone and not just the high-end casinos, which as we talked about did record business. Yeah, I, I saw the trees were coming back to Bellagio, so that's good to see. I don't know if they're planted yet, but I saw them like brought out and set there to to get put in. And then somebody made a great point, like next year when they start to build the guitar tower right there on the strip, and then they're trying to put this F1 stuff, how much of the hindrance is that going to be for the building of the tower and just like the craziness of that area with traffic and construction and everything that's going on? I, I don't know how they're going to pull that off. It's going to be a lot of stuff going at once. And we've seen just what a little bit of construction left at fountain blue does for workers trying to get to work over there 
Like this, it'll be something to watch for sure next year. We haven't heard a lot about the Guitar Tower. Of course, the construction is not supposed to start till early next year or next year at the very earliest. And we know Hard Rock has a lot of financing they have to get for this. And there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. A lot of people are predicting that this might not ever happen or it may take many, many more years because of the financial conditions. So it will be interesting as we start to get towards that timeline of when they were supposed to start construction to see if they do anything, if they announce anything. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Or maybe we get the Mirage for a few more years. So it'll be uh, interesting to see. I doubt they'll have grandstands, though, when they're building the Guitar Tower. So, <laughs> yeah, we want you want Mirage. Volcan- I want the Guitar Volcano Tower, Volcano 2028. Man, I'm going to get hated in the Las I, I Vegas mean- community for saying that, I, that I want the Guitar Tower. But I really do. I'm excited for the Guitar Tower. I just wish it wasn't coming at the expense of the Mirage. Like, if you could put it somewhere else, I think it would be better. I, I think the Volcano is iconic. I think Mirage still is a good property and one of the better mid-tier properties and, and bang for your buck. So it's sad to see that getting worked over. But I, I'd love the Guitar Tower. I just wish it was like knock down Circus Circus and put it there. I'm perfect. Leave Circus Circus alone. Come on, people. They painted it. What, what more do you want? It's pink. It's bright. It's beautiful. Well, maybe on the outside, at least. So I got, they, there you go. they poured some Pepto-Bismo on the roof. There you go. Done. Exactly. What more could you ask for? So speaking of renovations, in 1980, a hotel called Continental opened. It had 400 rooms, and uh, that name stuck around for a while. Uh, back in 2000, it changed to Terribles, and that name stuck around for 12 years. And then it turned into Silver Sevens, and this property is now going full circle. And in 2025, it's going to turn back to Continental. This is just off the strip on Paradise and Flamingo. And uh, a couple of interesting things about it. It's owned by Affinity Interactive. That's the same company that owns uh, the Prim Casinos out by State Line, Buffalo Bills, uh, Prim Valley, and Whiskey Pete's. Uh, it Prim used to be Herbst Ga- Yeah, it used to be Herbst Gaming, which went bankrupt, and that's why it was Terribles. And, you know, it's funny how all these different casinos have had the Terribles name, right? The Terribles name on this one, of course, the one in Gene that's now just sitting there rotting away. And Prim Valley was once known as Terribles. So it's kind of confusing there. But the big news, they're doing a big renovation. I guess they're building a rooftop bar, which is interesting. This has never been known as sort of a high-end property, right? Uh, very cramped inside. I haven't been in there in many years. I'm kind of interested to go back in there uh, and see it. But they're also bringing back Pink Taco, which we have not seen since Hard Rock days. Uh, what, six years ago, I think it's been since Pink Taco closed. Pink Taco is sort of infamous, obviously uh, an interesting name. But uh, yeah, a lot of people liked it. I've eaten at the one in Vegas many times, obviously, but also they live on in places like Miami and elsewhere. So good to see Pink Taco coming back. And Continental, an old name coming back. I'm excited for this. Should still be terrible, so it'd be Terrible's Pink Taco. There you go. I, it's such a it's such a bad name. No wonder it just goes from like casino to casino and it doesn't work out and and that stuff. And and this is a uh, the local casino I've probably driven by the most. Going to the airport or from the airport, you sometimes will go by it. And then we would go to Musashi quite a bit, which is a, a Teppanaki Japanese steakhouse type place, which is right around the corner from there, a local place. Kind of like a late night dive bar-ish, dive bar Japanese steakhouse. I don't know if that's fair, uh, but it's definitely more of like a rowdy atmosphere, especially in the evening. They used to be open till like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., something like that. I don't know if they still do that. Always had good food there. Definitely check it out if you're into that type of stuff and, and in the area. But I've always wanted to go in there because, I mean, the outside facade looks decent. It looks nice. Never been inside, uh, so maybe this will bring me in finally uh, when they change it over. Definitely a rooftop bar. You know I'm game for that. The last time I was in there, there was definitely interesting people around. I'll just say that. It wasn't uh, the atmosphere that I prefer in a <laughs> casino. But hopefully there's no talk about the rooms or 
what exactly they're going to do to the casino, but it does sound like building all of this out, it's going to be a, a major renovation. This company, you know, we talked about their prim casinos and sort of the struggles there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. It's still going to be 2025. And this news was announced a couple weeks ago, I should mention. It didn't hit our radar for some reason. We missed it. But uh, this isn't like brand new breaking news, but it's good to see this property getting love. We also got some airport numbers for October 2023, where Harry Reid International Airport broke passenger records, 5.47 million passengers. And I guess the big takeaway is if you look at the international numbers compared to last year, international visitors are coming back. But it does show looking at domestic and international, it seems like business is doing very well. Yeah, the numbers were pretty impressive. I love the little section that's like helicopter traffic west side or whatever, <laughs> like the rich people. I wonder what that number is going to be. We'll have to pay attention for November with F1 and people coming in for that. I'm sure that's going to be spiked a bit. And I will, I'll be interested to see November, uh, the international numbers, because those still seem, I mean, they seem a little bit lower than I would expect for Vegas for a month. So if we want to look at year to date, 44.45 million people compared to 40.81. So it's up 8.9% year to date for domestic passengers. But international last year, just under 2.1 million. This year, 2.7 million. So almost a 30% increase in international. So yeah, it's good to see that coming back. That's not a surprise coming out of the international recovery from COVID. Just a little bit slower and getting more people back, getting routes back. And getting a lot more people from Mexico and Canada, a lot more flights as well, and then some of those overseas destinations. So altogether good, Southwest continues to be the dominant carrier at uh, Harry Reid Airport with almost 2 million passengers of those uh, 5.5 million in October. So Southwest is really uh, the big boy, then Spirit, Delta, Frontier, and American. So that's the order of things, yeah. Frontier, my beloved airline. Yeah, it's like the next three basically are equal to Southwest combined, which is kind of nuts when you think about it. You know, Southwest has a ton of flights going in and out, but so does like Frontier and Spirit and, and Delta has a decent amount. So I'm surprised it's so much bigger for Southwest compared to the other three. So let's finish with talking about my Cosmo trips because it's been a couple weeks and we've had so much news that it's been hard to cover it. So I stayed at the standard room in the Cosmo. This is the city room, has two queen beds. And I did this on purpose. I didn't try to get an upgrade. I stayed at Cosmo, I think, four other times. So I think this was my fifth stay. Every time I was in a suite with a, a terrace, so I always had a balcony. And that is so unique in Las Vegas to have that balcony, especially when you get a high floor. It really is incredible to look down on the city to be able to go outside. One of my favorite things ever, I love the one bedroom terrace suites there. And that is an incredible room. And oftentimes it's only a $15, $20 upgrade over the standard city room. So that's why I've never stayed in one. And I don't really recommend this room. And I love the room. So let's put it that way. It's about 460 square feet. When talking about the fountain blue rooms, I said how much I really liked the use of space in this room. And I definitely do. It felt comfortable. It felt great. But the really distinguishing factor for me in Cosmo rooms is that balcony, is that view. So while I love this room, and I think it compares very well to like Bellagio standard rooms and certainly compares well to like Fountain Blue standard rooms and some other casinos. It doesn't quite compare to other luxury rooms like Wynn standard room. For me, I would pass on it, but I love the decor. I love it. And I'll talk about the service in just a minute. But what do you think about the room? I mean, it looks nice. I expected a little bit more on the, you know, the dresser and stuff. It just seems kind of like a thin run of the mill dresser, which I was a little bit surprised on. But the beds look nice. I'm assuming they're comfortable. I, I don't think I've ever seen art in a shower before so that was uh something unique and i love that they have the mini bar and an extra it looks like an extra mini fridge for you to put your stuff your own stuff in which is you know becoming a rarity in vegas and always needed you know when you wake up you, need, you probably need some cold water 
you know, you want to gra- grab a drink or two, or maybe you want to have a, a beer in your room or grab a beer as you walk out and, and go down to the, the floor and have something that's cheap that you picked up from one of the 4,700 CVSs in Vegas. But I think it looks really nice. It, I mean, but for a little bit more, I would definitely go for the suite. But the question is, will it remain that reasonable to upgrade through the MGM as they more and more integrate and, and take over everything. I think it will just because when this was built, it was some of it was supposed to be condos, some of it was supposed to be hotel rooms, and they ended up with a lot of these suites in less of the standard rooms. So, you know, the vast majority of their rooms are not the base product, which is unlike many hotels. And just another reason, and this is a two queen room, right? They don't have a king version, I believe, of the standard room. If you go, you can go up to a like a studio suite, I think is the next one up that also has a terrace. That's not the one bedroom. And then you have the one bedroom, which like I said, they have a ton of. And then you get into like the fountain view rooms and the wraparound rooms, so many great rooms, but they all have the balcony. You can't do that anywhere else. So if you're going to stay at Cosmo, which I'm assuming most people aren't doing every single day of their life, then spend the money and get the better room. That's my opinion, even though I really like this room. So it's like a, a mixed feelings. A couple other like takeaways from our time there. And we really did spend a lot of time there. This was the few days before F1. It was dead everywhere on the strip, like completely dead. I've almost COVID dead. That's how dead it was. And the cocktail waitresses were complaining. But you remember my complaints about service, about cocktail service there? Well, there was no problem because the casino was empty. So the cocktail servers were all over. In fact, this one server that complained to us, she had three sections she was covering and there were so few people that she was able to come by every like five to 10 minutes because there was just not anybody in the casino. Check-in was good. It's very slow check-in there. I don't know what the heck they have to do. You know, it took us 20 minutes in the VIP line and I was watching how long the agents were taking with each guest. They had, you know, 12 agents checking people in. Seven minutes on average was what I was seeing per guest to check in. So I don't know what the heck's going on with their systems. It should not take that long. And I'll go even further to say it's bad customer service for it to take that long. I know that that's maybe a bold statement, but I've stayed in a lot of hotels and nobody wants to stand there for seven minutes. And we're not talking about people asking questions. They all have to call to clear rooms. And maybe that's just the way it is in big hotels. But I've checked in a lot of the Vegas hotels. And generally, if you're not asking questions and like pestering them, you can get in and out in about two minutes. You know, so there was that. But love that hotel. Love that stay. Still way high up on my list. Still not win for me. But if I want to party and have that like youthful festive atmosphere, I'm going to Cosmo. If I want that luxury atmosphere, I'm going to win. Those are my two places. And I can't wait to see how Fountain Blue kind of stacks in with that. You still haven't had the flower bud drink, though. I'm disappointed. I really messed up on that one. Totally forgot. <laughs> Did have Hattie B's. I love Hattie B's there, though. So we'll, we'll talk about that. You know, Hattie B's so cool. And, uh, you know, that speakeasy in the back of the food hall there. I, I For me, it's a little disappointing. You know, I've gone in there. It's just like this little room. I don't know. I'm really kind of over speakeasies at this point. There's so many of them. And especially ones like that. Like, I feel like there's yeah. some special ones, but that donkey one didn't impress me over in the Cosmo food hall. Uh, yeah, I think speakeasies have jumped the shark, especially in Vegas. Like, it's just, there's too many and it's not anything like it is. Like, everybody knows about it and a lot of them are out there in the front. Like, it's not hidden in any way. So it makes it less cool. I think maybe something off the strip that's a little bit more secretive uh, is better. So they still have a couple good ones around, I think, but anything on the strip is pretty played out. And then as far as the check-in experience, it always annoys me when it takes forever, even if they're just trying to be helpful and like, have you ever been here before? Here's where this is. Here's where the-. I'm like, just give me my key. I'm a big boy. I can read signs. I can figure things out. There's probably a map somewhere that I can get to where I need to go. Just tell me where the elevator is that I need to go to and that's it. Uh, so it does get frustrating, especially when you're standing in that line and nothing worse than waiting 30, 45 minutes after you got off a long flight 
and trying to get checked into your room. So that's a little bit disappointing, but I think maybe you found like a little hack come Monday to Thursday of F1 week or Tuesday to Thursday and, and get a unique experience of if it's dead again next year, which I assume it will be. It's kind of like, you know, something that you wouldn't normally see. So I kind of miss that, like the going to Vegas and COVID and what it felt like then. It'd be kind of cool to get a little uh, taste of that again. And it's fun to go down there, right? Because you get to drive the racetrack, which is super fun. I, that was fun. I want to say I, anybody who drove that racetrack who said it wasn't fun to be on the street with everything all built up, it absolutely was. So great times. We're not going to talk about F1 anymore. It's pretty much cleaned up. No more updates for a while until uh, we get more news for next year's race. So let us know what you guys think Still about Friday. anything we talk to. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, something else will come up, I'm sure, uh, as much as I keep saying I don't want to talk about it anymore. So let us know what you guys think about anything we talked about, the Circa class action, that awesome marketer down on Fremont Street, F1's cleanup, if you want to talk about that. Hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, and we'll be back in a couple days with another show, and I'll be back home. Super excited about that. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. See you guys on Friday. Laughlin, baby.